You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. All right, again, Podcast Detroit and Facebook, we are back at it. This is Andre Ebron, and I am the author and the host of the Drawing Board Podcast. Hello, hello, everybody that's <laughs> tuning in on Tammy's page. Tonight I have, again, I would like to introduce her, uh, the kind, the loving, uh, the sensitive, the the nurturer, the powerful, uh, the sincere and these are all things that I've gotten a chance to know in my time of, of knowing Tammy, but everybody knows her. I saw somebody put on there, it's Tammy, they said that you are uh, by the people, that you are for the people, and that you Aww. work with the people. And so I have Tammy Turner on our show. Let me tell you a little bit about Tammy. Tammy is, words that describe her, she is an entrepreneur, an author, a public speaker, and a trainer. After serving for six years in the field of public accounting and having worked at major firms such as Arthur Anderson and Deloitte and Touche, Deloitte and Touche mm-hmm. Tammy realized that her true passion was in the field of human resources. Yes. So, Tammy, tell me about that time when you worked there. Uh, part of the drawing board is helping people come to that Oprah calls it an aha moment right. uh, people may call it an epiphany uh, if you're part of the faith community you may call it a, a revelation mm-hmm. or some insight or foresight how did you know in those moments that human services were that was your next step I had an opportunity to attend various career fairs on behalf of the firm that I was representing well both firms that I was representing And at those career fairs, um, I had a chance to engage with students. Um, These were college students that were considering careers in in accounting. And that engagement just was so fulfilling to me, being able to um, give them, quite honestly, the behind the tool shed conversation to help them prepare for the transition from college life to corporate America. And for many African-American students, that's, that's a culture shock. Absolutely. You know, so it was I I felt an obligation to be able to help them make that transition. And um, it's just where I developed a passion. And so that's when I realized "Ah, public accounting is not for me. (laughs) Okay, I need to transition into recruiting. And that's what I did. Awesome. That's amazing, because oftentimes uh, when people are looking to pursue their dream or what they may consider their dream, uh, you have to be doing something like the thing that leads to the thing. Right. Absolutely. And uh, that would be some of what I'm hearing from what you're saying. That's some of the strong encouragement that you're giving is that it may not be the thing, but it is the thing that may lead to the thing. Absolutely. And so doing that work of public accounting, it led you into human resources. And it says, as such, Tammy worked as a recruiter on behalf of Robert Half Finance, an accounting and a senior recruiter for Quicken Loans Rock Financial. Yes. Then in 2004, you were able to travel overseas to Cambodia, where you worked as a recruiting consultant for UNICEF. And then, Tammy, returned, you returned to the United States in 2007 with your own company, Capstone Training Services. Yes. And then in 2010, 
You established your own publishing company, Capstone. Talk to, talk to me about that. So as an entrepreneur, what are your greatest rewards? And then what are your greatest challenges? Oh, there's a lot of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> so so let me start with the rewards. Um, as an entrepreneur, my, my greatest reward is um, freedom. Okay. Quite honestly, I have the freedom to dictate my future. Um, I have the freedom to help others as I see fit and be able to benefit their lives, um, make an impact in their lives. And what I mean by that is um, I own a staffing company. So when I help a person find a new job opportunity, a new career opportunity, not only am I affecting that person, I'm affecting the people in their life. So Absolutely. it could be their husband, their wife, their children, helping them find a new opportunity, uh, helping to add value to that family by increasing, you know, the income in that family or cr- increasing the opportunities that they're afforded. So that is one of the the biggest rewards to me. Um, there are many, many challenges that come with entrepreneurship and um, you know, it's not for everybody. I'll be honest with you. You know, you make a lot of sacrifices as an entrepreneur, a lot of sacrifices, things that most people don't even imagine. Um, and you don't have a steady paycheck every two weeks. You know, you're not you're not getting a, a paycheck every two weeks. And if you don't grind, you don't eat. Absolutely. That, that's just really the bottom line. That's so right. If you want to be successful, you have to get out there and grind it out every single day on the days that you're tired, on the days that you're sleepy, on the days that you have the flu, on the days that your back hurts. Doesn't matter. You don't eat what you don't kill. That's right. right? That's and right. What's interesting is entrepreneurship on the grand scale has become like the new sexy, right? Yeah. So everybody yes. thinks it's very appealing and nice and it's the new sexy where right. like if I'm an entrepreneur and I see a lot of people and, and I I can admit I've been guilty of it uh, when I initially started. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was the president and CEO and oh. getting the business and, and the vision <laughs> and everything. But it is one of those things where, uh, yeah, the, the title is great, but right. the work that is required. Uh, one thing that I've noticed, is even like where I'm still in the process of developing my business, okay. as you, and you learn as you grow, is that where you start off and the idea of what you thought the company was going to accomplish and then what it is that you're able to actually facilitate and get done. And then the right. even when you do all your market research, but when you find that niche of what you provide better than anybody else, like with your staffing company. Right, I right. was reading that you helped the big three staff the engineers there. Correct. And I believe that is amazing, particularly as an educator, mm-hmm. because we're talking about uh, science, technology, engineering, arts and math, right. and how uh, how essential your company will be um, to the universities in the area when kids are graduating from college when I'm get I have a chance to introduce my eighth grader to a Tammy Turner that says, Hey, if you propel yourself in this direction based mm-hmm. upon these studies, right. like I'm the person that you would come to to help secure your financial future. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you talk about freedom though, so like that sounds so That's, I mean doesn't it doesn't it just freedom is the new sex. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> freedom freedom sexy. and fulfillment. So yes. when we talk about like scheduling and when mm-hmm. we talk about uh, not having any cap on your earning potential. Right. What do you think about this? I was reading something and it was saying, uh, it was talking about spending, particularly okay. African-American spending, but okay. I, I think it's applicable to this conversation. Okay. It was saying like the cell phone that you have, the clothes that we wear, like you literally are exchanging life spent 
you know, for mm-hmm. that tangible product. Right. And when you talk about the freedom of of not being held to what somebody values your yes. service as, but what it is that you deem and determine, like, this is what I intend to make. Right. So talk to me, like, there's somebody listening right now. And they're like, mm-hmm. you know, she she is doing it. She has it set up. She's being successful. She's empowering other families. And when we increase the opportunity for the income, we also shift the dynamics generationally for families, for people you may right. never meet. Right. So somebody's listening, right. Tammy, what would you say to them right now? They are looking at becoming an entrepreneur. They're standing there getting ready to take mm-hmm. that leap of faith. Like, what is your advice to them in this very moment? Have a board of advisors and have lots of capital. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, I'll share with you my story about how I even got into um why I was so passionate about about recruiting. Um, outside of being able to help people, I made a lot of money. <laughs> and that, so, that's not a bad thing. And, and nobody goes into entrepreneurship to be broke, right? Absolutely. So you, want, you go into entrepreneurship so that you can have financial freedom to do the things that are important to you, whatever those things are. For me, it's travel, it's golf, it's be able to provide things for my children, my family that I didn't have when I was younger. Um, so what I realized with recruiting, and I had a chance to work in staffing and corporate re- recruiting. A lot of people don't know that there's a difference between okay. staffing and cor- corporate recruiting. So corporate recruiting is like when you work at a Quicken Loans Rock Financial or you work at a Lear or you work at a Magna or something like that. You're working for a corporation mm-hmm. and they determine your salary. Right. So as a recruiter, you come in, let's say you make 50000 60000 70000 I don't even know what recruiters make in corporate uh, in, in the corporate arena now, maybe sixty, seventy thousand, 70000 And that's it. That's as much money as you're going to make this year until you earn a merit increase next year, right? Right. So in staffing, what I realized really quickly is you have a base salary plus commission, So you have your base, which is what they tell you you're going to make every year, but then you have unlimited earning potential based on your commissions. So when I realized, wait a minute, you mean to tell me I can make as much money as I want? As I want. I said, oh, yeah, this is going to be my career. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm good at it. And so easily I was able to, when I was still in corporate America, make um, a six-figure income, still working for someone else. Uh, but in staffing. And so I, I, after doing that for about seven, eight, 12 years, and I realized I was, I was making my boss rich, like I was the top earner in the company. I said, you know, it's time, it's to time for, for me to, there's no Absolutely. difference that exists between him and I. He puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like I do. And I said, it's time for me to strike out on my own. And so um, I developed a plan. Um, I found a business partner. It was a neighbor of mine, a friend of mine, someone that I trusted implicitly. And she had an HR background. So I had the recruiting experience. She had the HR experience. And so we combined our talents, our knowledge, our resources, our capital and said, let's do this. And mm-hmm. so that's that's how it Capstone was birthed. And you've been striding, striving and, and getting those successful contracts. And it's been uh, entrepreneurship a lot of time is feast and famine, but right. I've been I've been watching you all grow oh, and uh, just keeping my eye out on those things because I draw inspiration from those type of stories. The same way on this platform, I seek to provide that inspiration. The drawing board is 
that very moment. So right. I live for those moments where it's like, okay, I realize that I have giftings, I have talents, and I have a strategy in order to perform well and produce an income. And so when you took that and you were able to monetize that and provide that service to someone else, I think that's amazing. Like those type of stories give me courage for awesome. me to share with other people because, like you said, there is no difference between uh, us one another, but the decisions we make and our ability to be disciplined. Now, you, you, are, you hit the nail on the head, Andre. It's discipline. Discipline, discipline, discipline. I can't stress it enough. A lot of times we think that it's just so easy to, you know, you work from home or you have your own business. You can go in when you get ready. You can. No, you still have to have a process. You still need to have a routine or you end up becoming lazy. Right. You know, because you have no one to be accountable to. So it's interesting in my dynamic is that I'm accountable to my business partner and she's accountable to me. So we keep each other accountable, even though we own the company, you know, um, and we're we're disciplined and we're committed. We're focused and we're our vision is to scale our business. And so in order to do that, we have to have a plan in place, strategic planning. You have to have capital. I mean, all of those things that most people New entrepreneurs don't really put a lot of consideration into until they're in the trenches. And that's just how it, it goes sometimes. People can tell you all day, every day what it's like. But until you actually experience it and you're in the trenches yourself, you may not adequately understand, especially the sacrifice that you're going to make. Absolutely. So listen to you. I, I want to codify just kind of the portions of the talk. Uh, that you need to get a board of directors, that you need to ensure that you have a lot of capital, that you need to have the discipline that's necessary. Uh, you need to have a strategy. And then that one word that I, I live by, because I believe that all relationships must have this, is we must have accountability. Yes. Because wherever there's not accountability, there will inevitably be some type of disappointment. Right. right. Absolutely. And so uh, you are a runner also. Yes, you you are. I am. On, you're, you you're just hitting on all the good stuff today, yes, Andre. I, and we didn't rehearse this. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> I just, I, uh, and I'll, I'll share briefly before we go into that. So I talked to you when we were on our way into the studio. Absolutely. But when I was planning on uh, launching myself as a speaker, I, I followed you because mm -hmm. they always say you have to mark the perfect man holding no gender. So mm -hmm. you have to mark those who are excelling or where you want to go. And I was watching, I was seeing, you were speaking over here, you were corporate training over there, mm -hmm. you, were, you were making an impact, and you were doing it at a high level. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, let me see how, and then we end up crossing paths. Right, right. And I was like, and, and I spoke to you, like I knew, like, hey, hey, right, me, how are you? Right. And with the, in the loving way that you always do, you greeted me with so much love, and then from that point just gave, you know, tidbits of encouragement. Or uh, when I would be doing something and I see you may hit the like button or, mm -hmm. the, you know, thumbs up. I right. was like, okay, you know, <laughs> hey, uh, I'm making We it all need encouragement. We need encouragement. And yes. so just publicly I'd like to thank you and say uh, oh, your example you. of excellence has been so motivating and encouraging. And I know they always say if one person stops and says thank you that they're representative of at least a thousand people. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So <laughs> let's get back to this running. So you yes. are a runner. You are a gym rat. You're training. I am all yeah, of so, the... so walk me through that. Like, where did you get that appetite to 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 run, to train? Because mm -hmm. physical health is just as important as all other stability in our lives. So talk right. to me about that. It's it's interesting. 
um, how that journey began. Really, when I first started running, it was because I had, when I hit 40, my metabolism started to slow down. And so all the things, the, the, the poor eating habits that I had prior to 40 were catching up to me. Okay. And so that was initially my motivation um, for running. But what I realized with running and with um, exercising, working out, is that it requires discipline. Right. And I said, if I can discipline, and this is how you, you Jedi mind trick yourself. If I can discipline myself in, in, in my eating habits and the things, because I'm a social eater. I like to go out with my friends and I'll have a cocktail and I like to eat whatever I want and then I'll have dessert and, you know, all these things. But I said, if I can be disciplined in this area of my life, it can't do anything but transition into the other areas of my life as well. Agreed. You know, so discipline is discipline. You make a decision or you have a goal, you make a decision on how you're going to get there, then you plan, prepare, and execute. That's Wait it. Wait a minute. Break that down again. Somebody <laughs> needs to catch that and put that in the comments. So break it down for us again. So you 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 create a goal, you decide how you're going to get there, and then you plan, prepare, and execute. And so, and you have to stay focused. You, you're going to be distracted. Sometimes you f- will fall off of your square, but you have to get back on your square. Keep in mind what your, what your vision is, what your goal is, and what you need to do to get there. So if your goal, you know, is to lose 15 pounds, well, you know, you're not going to lose those 15 pounds by going to White Castle. That's right. So, you know, so you know, you need, there's things that you need to do to make that happen. And so, that was one of the reasons why I started running. One of the reasons why um, I became a gym rat <laughs> is because I really wanted to incorporate discipline in all areas of my life, not just in my business, but in in my physical being, my health. And it's also a part of my personal brand. All right. So the personal brand says, listen, it is discipline across the board. That's it. I'm disciplined in my relationships. I'm yes. disciplined in my business. Yes. And what's interesting is that when so now we're going to take that how that translates to networking. Right. Because uh, when I come across your brand as being one of discipline, uh, that is a good route for engagement. Yes. And so when I'm networking with someone, uh, you wrote this awesome book. How to Talk to Strangers, a step-by-step guide to professional networking. Yes. Now, one of the, the this is this is what's good that everybody thinks they know how to network based upon their social relationships on how they connect to people. When I talk to people, right. a lot of people hit me with this. I don't know if you, I'm sure you've heard this. Oh yes, I, I know how to network. I am a people person. person. And I can't tell you <laughs> how much oversharing occurs in the context of a professional environment because yes. that person is a people, people person. person. Yes. So so break it down break it down for me. I walk into a room. I, I love to provide imagery mm-hmm. for those listening okay. and for those watching. So okay. I walk into a room and uh, it was bow tie Tuesday at my school today. So we had <laughs> bow tie Tuesday, but I walk into a room yes. and um what should I do before I step foot into the room, how do I prepare to be successful in this networking experience? I am so glad you asked that. And and again, I have to tell your audience, we did not rehearse this. We did. We did not. We I did think. not. So <laughs> I appreciate um, uh, your research and, and your ability to be candid and also provide information to your audience So uh, and your preparedness. So 
Um, really, for any networking event that you're going to, a person should research the event before they get there. Um, so they should understand who's going to be at that event. Um, if it's an event, well, every every event you go to is an opportunity to network, right? So okay. I don't care if it's a, an event at church. I don't care if it's an event at a conference. If it's a networking event that's entitled, you know, networking speed, networking, whatever it is, find out who's going to be there. Research the people that you want to have a, a conversation with, Um I'll give you an example. Um, There are times where I've gone to various uh, corporate speaking engagements and people know that I'm coming because the company sent out, you know, a million flyers and emails and saying, you know, this is the keynote speaker. Tammy Turner is going to be here. And so the question I always ask my audience is how many people took the time to research me before I got here? And there is like three hands that go up in a room of 500. That, that's the obligatory three hands that said, oh, yeah, no, I, I did it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I say, oh, excellent. So how many people in here know that I lived in Cambodia for three years? And then two of those hands go down. I'm like, oh, awesome. How many people know that that I came in as first runner up in the Mrs. Uh, Michigan uh, America pageant and all hands are down. Right. And I bring those specific things up because they're on my my bio on LinkedIn. They're on my website. So if you go and look at me, you'll see that information. So, and I said, research the people that you're going to be meeting. So if anybody in that room of 500 had walked up to me after the event or before the event and said, hi, I know you're Tammy Turner. I had a chance to go to your website. I understand that you lived in Cambodia for three years. You did this, that, and the other. Wow, how was that experience? You'd be like so taken aback, you know, that the person took the time to research you. And again, you don't, you don't have a second chance to make a first impression. That's good. You know, so if you're making if someone is meeting me for the first time and they've taken the time to do some research on me and they say those things or they find out that I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan and they say, you know, go Eagles, fly Eagles, fly. I'd be like, wow, you will have made such an impression on me and I will remember you and I'll go out, out of my way to help you. You know, because you made a good first impression. So I would say, again, to 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 answer your question, before you attend a networking event, take the time to do your research to find out who's going to be there um, so that you can be smart about your time, so that you can be strategic. Every event, you won't have an opportunity to research. Um, uh, I will say in those instances as well, um, you should perfect your 30-second elevator pitch. Okay. It should be able to roll off of your tongue. Uh, You should be able to uh, call yourself on your, leave a message on your voicemail with your 30 second elevator pitch so you can hear how you sound. And if, you know, what the inflection in your voice is, are you speaking with confidence? Do you sound shape? I mean, you can't convince anybody of who you are. If you're unsure yourself, if you don't, like, <laughs> right? if you don't believe you, you can't convince anybody else to believe. Exactly. You. Now, have, exactly. You, have you have you seen those that uh, that master insecurity t- like through the overconfident voice? Hi there, I am. You know, yes, all and, the time. And, and you're like, wait a minute, like bring it, right. bring, bring it down. Like, right, we're right. right here. You know, just, right. 
Yeah. Or or the overconfident handshake with the the GI Joe with the kung fu. Oh, grip. with the kung fu grip. Yeah, yeah, crushing the hand. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, re- or the other one is what we call the wet fish. Where and ladies do this all the time. They're like they just touch the tips of your fingers, which is really offensive. It, it is. It was yeah. just I, I really don't want to shake your hand, but right. since we're in this setting, oh, and, and we have all experienced yeah, that for sure. Or I'm going to be honest, the brother with the limp noodle handshake. Yeah, or anybody with the limp noodle handshake it's like right. uh you, you could have kept that one you know uh or the now i now we do it depending on uh the social setting we're in but the brothers we give dap and love and handshake right. but there there's a time and a place right for all of those all of things yes. and i think that that is essential and important to realize that if we if it's a networking event where Okay, these are professionals that are in the same environment all of the time. This is kind of what right. we do, and it's a little relaxed. But when we talk about professionalism, I think that is such a lost art. It is. And, it is, Andre. It is. Uh, and I think that training, mm-hmm. starting with our, our our children up until our young adults, like these are things that are essential because – when we go into networking events, I like to say that motive carries either a fragrance or a stench. And, I like that. <laughs> and, and, and tell me, I would love to hear from your expertise, like when you're scanning a room mm-hmm. in a networking environment, like you can tell the young ambitious, you can tell the seasoned professional. Right. Um, and then it's always this one person who has come, and it, I don't call it hunger, I just call it like, uh, over anxious mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can tell that the, the motive is solely about what can I get 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 right so talk to that person because you need to hear this so right. of course you go in with the strategy um, what portion of that engagement has to be organic and then how do I filter my ambition to connect but not be overzealous I think uh if you approach networking from a standpoint of you're always looking to be a resource. That's good. Versus what can you do for me? People are more apt to open up to you and and um, embrace you versus you coming at them with what, you know, what's in it for me? What what can you do for me? People that that's a turnoff and people can like you said that you can it this it's either a fragrance or a stench like people can smell it a mile away a mile away and um they won't engage with you they will lose your card they won't call you they won't respond to you but and, I, and I'll share a story do I have time to you share have a story time. okay absolutely so many many years ago i'd say maybe maybe 10 years ago when multi-level marketing was really really hot um, I had a gentleman reach out to me about a multi-level marketing opportunity. And every single time he called me, I was just like unavailable, uninterested. I had heard everything about MLMs that I wanted to hear and just was completely turned off. And um, I had posted, maybe this was like eight years ago. So I had posted up on Facebook that I was looking for um an assistant, I believe it was. I was looking, I was having some issues with the person that was working for me and I had already terminated them and I was looking to replace them. And so this individual sent me like four candidates. Like, oh, I know some people that are looking, you know, looking for a job. I can put my, attach my name to these people. These are good folks. And sent me like four viable candidates. So after I did this, the the screening, the pre-qualifying, the the I ended up hiring 
not one of the people that he sent me. Ended up hiring someone else. But what he did was, hey, Tammy, remember me? Um, so, yeah. Do you have a few minutes I can talk to you about this opportunity now? <laughs> the, the, the motive. The motive. Uh, yeah. But what could I say? Right? Right. He had extended a hand to help me. He did give me very four viable people. So I couldn't tell him no. You know, I, I mean, I felt obligated to at least hear what he had to say. He took the time to try to help me. Right. He made, he made an investment. Yes. Absolutely. And so I ended up meeting with him at Starbucks um, to talk about this opportunity. I signed up on the spot and I made a killing. I made a lot of money in that, in that MLM. Okay. I got in the time that I got in. But um, so sometimes, uh, well, he had a motive, but sometimes you have to see how you can be a resource to other people and, and tune out of station W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? You you got to tune that I, out. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I, I like that. You, you These are tweetables. These are... <laughs> You have to put that tune out of what station? Tune out of station W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? That's good stuff. We we need to put that up. We <laughs> we need some T-shirts that say that. So uh, Capstone Collateral, we need to get yes. that going. So when I think about uh, some of the things that you're saying and perfecting uh, that 30-second speech, yes. uh, making sure that we have the right motives, making right. sure that we're doing our proper research on and having a strategy when we get ready to go into these networking environments or being at an event because there's always an opportunity right. to network. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. So give oh, me boy. yeah, give me the Tammy Turner because I, I want to model it for those who are okay. listening. Give me the Tammy, Tammy Turner, excuse me. 30-second speech. Okay. Ready? All right. Well, let me preface it with this to say what the elements are. Okay. It should be who you are, what you do, how you do it. Who you are. What you do. What you do. How you do it. And how you do it. Yes. Okay. Good stuff. So you should be able to articulate that to anybody at any time. I don't care if you're in the grocery store, the gas station, at a networking event, a concert. I don't care where it is. You should be able to to rattle that off your tongue. Okay. So I walk in and I say... Hi, hello. I'm Andre E. Brown, and you are? Hi, Andre. My name's Tammy Turner. Okay. I am the president and CEO of Capstone Employment Services. I'm a technical recruiter. I specialize in the uh, placement of engineers, uh, specifically in automotive engineering, and I'm also an author. Uh, The first book that I've written is How to Talk to Strangers, a step-by-step guide to professional networking. How can I be a resource to you? I like that a lot. You could be on the Drawing Board podcast (laughs) where we can talk about your second book of 365 Days of Motivation, A Guide to Success in Life and Business. But that was excellent. Go ahead. Let's give. I I know. I don't know if we have a little sound, but let's give Tammy some snaps there. That was amazing. And I I always try to end my or I encourage other people to end their 30 second elevator speech with those words. How can I be a resource to you? Because, again, you're opening the dialogue. You're opening the door for people to come to you to tell you, you know, how how they need help. And and that you're also establishing with them that it's not just about you. You know, you're, you're getting them to warm up to you. What do you need? How can I help you? Absolutely. And so when people th- hear that, you know, I own a staffing company or my partner owns a staffing company, it's like, oh, I know somebody that needs a job. 
We all know somebody that needs we, a job. We all know someone. You know, or an internship or something. Right. You know, so immediately it's like, how can I be a resource to you? Oh, you know, my uncle needs a job. My son needs a job, et cetera. Can I send this resume to you? And then oftentimes that also leads into business opportunities for us. Oh, you have a staffing agency. So I have a need for controls engineers. I can't seem to find any controls engineers. How can I connect with you? Maybe we can do business. That's excellent. So adding value before placing expectation on that relationship. Yes. I think that is essential. Everything that I'm hearing you say is you have to make sure that you're adding value first. Right. And then you're able, like the gentleman did, he was able to place an expectation on the relationship because first he had it wrong. Right. He just was trying to sell, sell, sell. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Destiny Child, no, no, no. Right. And then he was able to come back around add value and a lot of times we don't get that second chance no you don't right you don't but he was looking for empaths in ways and he was able to find one and then it ended up being mutually beneficial absolutely in the end uh, when i'm looking at the 365 days of motivation one of the things that i find is similar hey guys you need to go <laughs> to amazon and get the books go to barnes and noble as well yes to get the books um one of the things that i find interesting is all of your books uh, profess the how-to, yes, the guide, yes. the step-by-step. And a lot of times we can tell people how, what to think, how to think, but very few books tell us exactly what to do. Right. So I'm going to be motivated today. Let's thumb through. Let's see oh, what we boy. find here. Let's see. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop. Uh, so it's a 365 days of motivation. So there's a motivational note for every single day of the week. So every flip to your day. birthday. Let's let's see. When is your birthday, Andre? December. Listen, the world stood still on December 10th. He said the world. No. Stood still. <laughs> you all felt that pause in the earth. December. It happens every December 10th. So let's see. Let's go to December 10th. Let's okay. See, let's see, see what, what they say on here. December 10th. This is probably one of the best quotes. In, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Look, I'm all like, wait a minute. What does it say on December 10th? Oh, here we go. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Take care when choosing what things to practice. Oh, wow. That's about being selective. Mm -hmm. That's about ensuring that the effort that I expend is not in the direction of something that I don't want to be permanent in my life. Right. And it's also about discipline. It is about discipline. (laughs) Discipline and practice. That's good. When we're when we talk about developing, uh, and I've done this, but when we're talking about perfecting a practice or looking at what to practice, where do you do your research? Are you able to share that? Um, I could, but <laughs> oh no, I understand. So these are these. This is pri- uh, uh, proprietary information. Proprietary information. So we'll we'll go ahead and we'll. If you would like to know that, uh, you can contact Tammy at no. I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, You have to ensure what point that I'm getting to is uh, you have to have quality information. Right. And what I've noticed uh, my coming and goings when I was in higher ed, when I worked as a director of admissions, when I've done different things is that there's a certain level of information that comes with each with with each dimension of professionalism. Right. And generally, those who have the highest quality of information they are able to peer through to a higher level of access. Right. So now talk to talk to the professional. Uh, let's say they are a millennial. Okay. And uh, that's a whole other. 
That is our conversation. Absolutely. I mean, because <laughs> the, the the and I'm I'm an older millennial. Okay. But I have an old soul, so okay. like it it is a little different for me. Okay. Um, but you're talking to a millennial, mm-hmm. and it is applicable to me as well. So. Okay, I'll be gentle. Yeah, please. No, please. (laughs) Yes, please. Kid gloves. No, I saw in your post we're going to be candid. I appreciate it. Let's make sure that we're candid. Uh, I'll be frank. You'll be Ernestine. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But transitioning now. Yes. Into you've kind of had some jobs, looking at some different goals. All millennials in some way, shape, form, or fashion are trying to create disruption to the status quo. Yes. But now they're ready to kind of settle in and take what they've been practicing and make it permanent. Mm-hmm. How do I establish the foreground needed uh, to raise my income as well as establish a trajectory moving forward in my current career? The best advice that I can give a millennial that is in that spot in their career is to to get a mentor um, because – what I'm finding is that with with millennials, they they have, like you said, they're disrupting. They're disruptors. And that's not a bad thing. And sometimes we look at disruptors as being a negative connotation, and it's not. Right. Um, however, there's still a lot of wisdom that they don't yet have, right? Absolutely. And so that's where having the proper mentor, the proper guidance, the proper advisor, the proper counsel, having a board, a personal board of directors comes in. Um, different people at different stages of their career will give you different advice. So if you're you're talking, so you're in corporate America right now and you have a mentor or, or, or advisor that's in corporate America, that person can't teach you how to become an entrepreneur. Exactly. You know, so if your trajectory is to go into entrepreneurship, then you need to have this person that's in corporate America right now. That's where you are. But then you need to have an entrepreneur that can talk to you about how to make that transition and when's a good time to make that transition and be able to help you and guide you along the way. Um, that That's really the biggest advice that I could give millennials. Um, because what you don't want to happen is... Uh, millennials to come in like an elephant in a china shop and and the disruptor turns into chaos exactly and then you you end up uh tearing down relationships versus building them and i i have seen all of these things play yes. out yes and it's a very fine line a very fine line uh you just have to make enough noise to make mm-hmm. the china kind of rumble right right, right. you in don't want to break right. it you don't want to break it you <laughs> you just want to Tell people there's another way we have to secure this. Exactly. Right? And a lot of people have not, um, and I'm trying to figure out an eloquent way to say this, but I'm just going to, let's say it flat out. A lot of people haven't received that proper home training right. in order to know how to tell the truth responsibly. Right. Uh, I agree. We can articulate facts. We can pro- mm-hmm. We can provide all of the data that we want. But a lot of the work that we're doing is very relational. Right. And navigating these spaces on how to talk to strangers, of navigating the space of our own personal brand, Uh, because I see people who they're not they're not uh, businessmen or women, 
but they have a personal brand. I mean, right. their, their IG right. and their Facebook, yes. everything is is popping. It's it yes. is on point. Yes. And, and they're not in corporate America. They're not in they, corporate they don't, America. you know, suit and tie every day. You not know? at all. But they have their own personal brand. And you know what I believe, um, Andre, is that people respect authenticity. Okay. You know, so your personal, so my personal brand is, it, you know, I wear a suit and heels every day. That's who I am because that's who my mother taught me to be, right? So right. Um, I'm buttoned up, you know, and and I'm actually more comfortable in a suit than I am in jeans. That's just who I am. I'll raise my hand. Absolutely. <laughs> and I don't make any apologies for that, right? Right. However, um, there may be, you know, friends that are in my circle and they're equally as dynamic. They're phenomenal men and women. They're not wearing a suit every day. Right. But they are as authentic and genuine as they come. And so I, I celebrate authenticity. I don't care where it is, where you're at. Um, I mean, as long as you're not like over the top crazy and disrespectful and rude kind of authenticity that right. I, I, I don't like. But, um, you know, you have to go to where people are. You know, you said something that I hadn't heard coined this way before. And I think it stands some to receive some attention because I want some clarity surrounding it. Mm -hmm. So you said you need to have your own personal board of directors. Yes. Talk, talk more about elaborate. Cause I have some thoughts and ideas, okay. but I want to hear your purview about what you exactly meant. So your personal board of directors, right? So your personal board of directors should be a team of individuals that um, can support you in achieving your goals, helping you get to whatever the next level is for you, not just professionally, but personally as well. And so that could be, you know, someone that, you feel um, portrays their brand very well. That could be someone that you feel is um, has a very strong financial mind. Um, that's a financial advisor, or maybe they they're not a financial advisor, but they have a strong, solid financial background, and they can help you manage your money. It could be someone else that could you know help you, like I said, manage your personal brand. It could be an individual that helps you. Do whatever it is in your life that you feel is the area that you need help with or that you should target personally or professionally, you know, um, surround yourself with those people, people that are doing those things well. And it's not always going to be it's not going to be one person. Right. Everyone, you know, no one does everything well. <laughs> right. So you need multiple people. Um, and, you know, those will be your board of directors. That That's excellent. So here's the challenge to the drawing board nation. Drawing Board Nation, you need to go this week, and I would say make a list of about 10 people and then start to deduce. Yes. Uh, and I say, tell me, would a, a solid five, would that would that do? Or That's a start. That's, That's a, a start. start, Andre. Okay, solid. So, <laughs> a solid five. A solid five? Okay, well, what would you recommend? How many, how many do you think needs to be in your corner? I, I, I would say a solid four to five people that you can, you know, connect with that will help you achieve your personal and professional goals. Okay, so my challenge to you, I always issue a challenge. Okay, uh, I love it. Yeah, we are in the midst of the Drawing Board Nation. We're in the midst of another challenge. Okay. Uh, it's called the Kingdom Perseverance Challenge where okay. Patrice Johnson, she's written a book. And so we're winding up. It's going to February 15th. So those you need to make sure you're reading. And within that challenge, as you persevere and you set up things, I'm setting out this challenge now about developing your personal board of advisors. You need people in your corner that are operating at high levels and that can give you sound wisdom and advice. Here's yes. something uh, just off script. 
we don't have a script. But I'm I was just about thinking, to say we haven't yeah, had a script all night. Yeah, we haven't had a script, <laughs> but I'm, that seemed like the appropriate word to say there. I'm thinking, huh? As we are developing our personal brand, as we're looking at developing, mm-hmm. you know, get, having a personal board of advisors, like, these are not people. Uh, that we might be buddy buddy intimate friends with absolutely, and I think that people like the the levels. Uh, there there was a, a rap song that said there's levels to this, right? Mm-hmm. But people have to learn how to honor other people's boundaries. Yeah. So from having been a mentor, uh, how what would you suggest to the mentee on knowing how to gauge uh, the mentor's boundaries? Um, I would, I would suggest that, I mean, that's just really breaks down an honest dialogue, you know, with the the mentor and the mentee okay, and being able to, um, because sometimes you won't, you're, you're not able to gauge that until you're in the midst of it, you know, with someone, um, I personally haven't had any situations where I've had mentees step outside those boundaries. Personally, I haven't. So I I don't know that I'm the best person to talk about that type of relationship in terms of a a mentee being able to gauge what those boundaries boundaries are. Okay. Well, let's flip the dynamics of it. Okay. Uh, So I'm a, I am a a mentee. Okay. Seeking out mentors. Yes. Uh, We have a lot of people who are like, Oh wow. You know, I see Tammy's doing some excellent things. I really want her to mentor me. I know about her business partner and what she's doing through Capstone. And I'm like, yo, I need I, I need a mentor. Yep. And, of course, I wouldn't approach you like, yo, I need a mentor. Yeah. But yeah. I, I would present myself in a fashion or uh, how do you go about procuring mentorship? That's a great question. So I, I am approached quite often, actually, um, for, you know, people wanting uh, me to mentor them or wanting my business partner to mentor them. And um, to be honest and transparent with you, it's such a challenge right now where we are because we're still new. We're only two years in. And so every single thing that we do is so critical to the success of our business that we don't have time, honestly, to do anything other than dedicate to the business. We're working 12 hour days. And then once you leave the office, you know, you're trying to spend time with your family, right? right. So it's a challenge. Um, but when I have a, a – I gauge it on a person's sincerity, to be honest, honest with you. If someone's reaching out to me and they're – and I can sense that sincerity and that uh, that hunger and that crave. To, look, I just need some help. So I need somebody to help me then I am going to go out of my way to help. And if I can't help, I will put that person in contact with someone that can. Okay, so we're at the two-minute warning. Oh, we're at the two-minute warning? This has so I got to shoot my shot? Yeah, yeah you got to <laughs> shoot your shot. Listen, we have two timeouts left, uh, and uh, we have we to figure to out. First to Yeah, tell me. Uh, when I'm thinking, Tammy, how can people get in touch with your uh, see what's going on at Capstone. How can we get in touch with you on your professional networks? Sure. So um, anyone can go to our website, which is www.capstonees.com. And that's K, Capstone with a K, A-P-S-T-O-N-E-E-S.com. 
Okay, great. And I want to end the show uh, with today's motivation. Today is February 5th. With 60 seconds left, I want you to be motivated. And it comes from 365 Days of Motivation, A Guide to Success in Life and Business by Tammy Turner. It says the difference between possible and impossible is your thinking. If you believe you can't, you won't. It's just that simple. If you believe you can, you will find a way to make a way. The choice is yours. Believe in yourself. Tammy, it has been <laughs> such a pleasure having you on Thank the Drawing Board me. Podcast. And I end with this statement. Your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. I am Andre Ebron, the host of the Drawing Board Podcast. God bless you.